welcome to Leading in Wyoming, a show where we celebrate the stories of Leadership Wyoming graduates from across the state and across 20 years of graduates. So we have the real honor of being here today with our current state auditor, Christy Racines. Hi, thank Hi. you for being here. <laughs> thank you for being with us today, or thank you for having us into your home. Tell us, tell me a little bit about where we're sitting or what this place means to you. Yeah, absolutely. So I um, absolutely love my house. This is home for sure, but this is a really, really special um, house. It actually, now we're sitting north of Cheyenne uh, by a couple miles, but it actually sat where the present day Herschler building sits now. And That's in so cool. 1980, when they were planning that building, they took that block and the houses either got knocked down or a couple lucky ones got moved. So they actually moved it out here uh, in 1980 and it's been here ever since, but it's a hundred, 103 year old house. Wow. When you moved in here, did you have any idea that you would have an office in the Herschel building a few short years later? No, no. I <laughs> said that was not, certainly not in my plans at the time, but it yes. is interesting. It sat on 25th street and looked and faced the back of the Capitol. So the view that yeah. I have now from my office wouldn't have been that much different than what you would see out the front. Out the this front house. Door. Yeah. That's so cool. Maybe you were like meant for that plot of land <laughs> perhaps, in life. Perhaps. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, a couple questions about things that you love, which are running and hunting. Um, how did you get into both of those activities and how do you sort of maintain them or keep them up in your day to day? So um, I guess kind of funny stories, both of them running my, my father, and this will date me a little bit, but my, my father bribed um, me with the internet in oh. order to do high school cross country. Okay. Um, so this was back when the internet was very newfangled. Yeah. And so that's actually how I started uh, running. I was horrible at it, um, perhaps because I had Taco Bell for lunch every day. That can um, contribute. But actually picked it back up at, as an adult when I was about 20, 21, and yeah. have been doing it ever since. And, and actually I'm a lot better runner now than I am. Um, than I was in high school, but it's just, it's really, I mean, I joke that it keeps me fit and sane, but it's, yeah, it's, it's irreplaceable for me. I mean, I can solve a lot of problems on a 10 mile run. And how about races? Have you done many races? Um, yeah, quite a few, mostly just casual 5Ks yeah. and, and whatnot. I ran my first marathon this last fall, which was a big deal. Yeah, it's um, a really big deal. It was, and I was never going to do it because I, you know, I think, gosh, I have this good relationship with running and I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to ruin that. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it did. And yeah. I was, I was really proud to do the, the Cheyenne marathon yeah. here. I wanted to run a Wyoming marathon. You know, everybody's like, gosh, go to sea level, go to California yeah. and run a marathon. Yeah. No, I'm going to run one in Wyoming. So that was, yeah. um, that was an interesting experience. What was the hardest mile? Curious. Oh, Lordy. Um, you know, we... I'm going to say about 17 to 20 and that may or may not have to do with the progression of the marathon, but it also had to do with it was hot and that was yeah. uphill. Yeah. And then once we turned south and started heading back downhill and I knew at that point, like, unless I literally break a leg, <laughs> I'm not going to not finish this. Yeah. And so at that point it was still difficult, but I knew you like I could see it. the, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Okay, how about hunting? Did your father bribe you to get into hunting? No, no. My dad has always been a hunter, and he, I remember very specifically, he took me hunting when I was probably 
I don't know, eight or nine, mm-hmm. and he shot an elk, and mm-hmm. he's very education-oriented, and he was like, here, okay, here's the heart, and here's the liver, and I couldn't handle it. I was, yeah. I was like, physically ill. I'm like, I'm never, never, I'm so, I'm so not doing this ever, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. Yeah. Until I met a boy that I liked um, and that he liked hunting. <laughs> and so he, uh, uh, you know, my, my husband, Tori, he signed me up for hunter's safety when I was in college, which I was not terribly appreciative of at the time. It was like a week of three-hour classes at yeah. night. But I went through that, and that's really how I got into it. And it's just become something I appreciate so much, and I've had a lot of you know, in Wyoming, you can have a lot more opportunity, I think, yeah. and, and luck than you might have in other places. Yeah. What do you think is the most interesting or exciting hunt that you've been on, or whether you got an animal or not? Um, you know, I I was lucky enough to draw a mountain goat, which was very, that's kind of a, a one, in, well, it is a one in a lifetime thing, yeah. and I think that that's a ultimate goal for a lot of Wyoming hunters. But I would actually say my my hardest, most memorable hunt is I drew a bison um, some years ago. And a lot of times I think that is perceived as kind of like walking up to a cow and shooting it. And yeah. I think sometimes that is the case. Yeah. It was not, not for me. It just depended on the weather and whether yeah. they're being fed or not. It was by far the most difficult hunt that I've been on and, and very... And I did end up harvesting a big cow, a big mature cow and... Um, it was very, it was a very, you know, impactful experience, I would say. And were you on foot? Yes. Yeah. And I was, I should, in like the interest of complete disclosure, I was, I was like five months pregnant. So yeah. that maybe added <laughs> to my emotional stability sure. at the sure. time and made yeah. it a little more. Um, and maybe you know. the packing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty yeah. cool. I bet, was that a fun story to get to tell your kiddo? Um, I, you know, I, I, that's a, I don't know that I've actually told him. <laughs> should we should we get it? <laughs> yeah. That's it awesome. totally will be one yeah, day. I'll tell it day. at his wedding. There you go. There you go. That's awesome. That's really great. That's awesome. Um, well, switching gears a little bit. So you took over state auditor, that role, about a year ago. Yes. Um, what is something you are very proud of doing in the last year? Either personally, professionally, some combination of sitting in that role and something you feel proud of? Um, surviving, I think. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but I, I, I think, um, it, and this is going to sound maybe a little flippant, and I don't mean it to, but there was a few things as I was campaigning that I said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Um, it, you know, one of them was I was under a lawsuit when I came into office, mm-hmm. the, or the state auditor was under a lawsuit. And we got a bunch of records released and got that lawsuit dismissed. And we, we stood up a website of state expenditures, which was a big deal. And yeah. and people, I, I've had more than several people say, wow, you did you did that. Yeah. And I, my response was like, well, I said I was yeah. gonna. <laughs> and so it, it, it's, it's unfortunate that we're all that cynical about yeah. um, campaign promises. And I get why that's, that's legit. Sure. I get why we yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, but I was very proud of that. I mean, personally, I really, I really do think that the marathon was the biggest deal for me. That was, yeah. that was a, a flagship. You That's know. a big goal to and take I, on in a new job too. Yeah. And I, I still have the, you know, injuries and memories to, yeah, sure. <laughs> to, to prove it. Yeah. But it's, it's certainly been a, a year of, of 
it has certainly been a year of growing and change in, in that role. Is there anything about yourself that you're proud of for staying the same or something that hasn't changed as you've been stretched and grown in all these ways? Um, you know, I think I've, I, I like to think I'm a decent mom and make good time for my family and try to, you know, it's all about balance, but try to make sure, you know, they're getting, yeah. eating a veggie here and then. And yeah. so things like that. And, and, um, I put a lot of emphasis on health, you know that, and I've maintained running and, and kept that a priority yeah. and, and kept some good connections and, and friendships that are really important to me. So. Yeah. Cool. You should be proud of that. <laughs> uh, okay. A funny question, maybe. Your name goes out on checks that go out on behalf of the state of Wyoming. Mm-hmm. What is the best story or the most interesting person of someone who's received a check with your name on it? So, um, my, this story comes from my mother and my grandmother got a check from the state auditor's office that, uh, was signed by me. And the reason is she, it's, it was for a landowner coupon from hunting because she owns a little bit of land and and those go to her. Yeah. And she called my mother and my grandmother is, um, you know, just such an inspirational woman in my life, but she's from a different generation. She's 89. Uh, and she just called my mother and was just over the moon. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I just got a, I got a check yeah. signed by Christy. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, it, it made her absolute day. She yeah. was telling her friends. She Probably was calling her my mother. Yeah. And my mother, of course, says, well, I don't know that she actually signs oh. <laughs> everyone. And my father in the, you know, my father, meanwhile, is saying, don't flip and ruin it yeah. for her. Just, <laughs> So I think she, I think she, um, I think she, you know, still, still thinks I sign everyone, which I would love to be able to do, but there's thousands a day. The (laughs) other funny one is I got one here at the house to my husband from me, which was felt entirely wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Like this this feels wrong. Yeah. It was indeed totally legitimate. You know, he works for the state. He gets travel reimbursements, but it felt very strange. Felt way, way, way shady. That's awesome. Do you think your grandmother ever cashed the check? Oh, I'm sure she did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's very practical. She wasn't that sentimental. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, that's amazing. Okay, so I actually have a quote from your leadership Wyoming application. Oh dear. <laughs> um, we asked the applicants the question, "What describe leadership to you, or what does good leadership look like to you?" Um, and so I'm going to read the quote to you. And I want you to decide if you think that this is still true or if this is a fair quote. Um, You said, true leadership is subtle. It is not an overt show of power. Leadership is the capability to bring together a diverse group of individuals and inspire them to set aside egos and find a solution to the task at hand. The best leaders enable you to bring your absolute best to the table without relying on a promise of reward or a fear of consequence. I think that's absolutely true. That's, that's what a genius quote. <laughs> you are so smart. No wonder you got into the program. <laughs> no, I think that really, really is true. I mean, said another way, you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do within your own team or how, how does this quote, what does this quote mean to you now in this sort of elected office position? You know, it's, I guess it's something I strive to. I mean, we have a staff of, of, 
25 people and it's very important that I'm present and, and try to embody that. And I don't think I do. I don't think I'm there in, in the way that I'd like to be. But just knowing, I mean, you can tell people to do things or threaten people and you might get short-term results. And I'm telling you things, you know. Um, but it's not going to be fruitful in the long term. You're not going to, you're not going to bring that. There's a certain charisma that makes people want to bring their A game. Mm -hmm. And I've had, I've had leaders like that. And I've had some leaders that are not like that. And so I try to, I try to hold up a mirror and say, gosh, I hope I'm leaning towards that versus the other way. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, another quote from your leadership programming application about your interest in future involvement is that you said, if selected for leadership Wyoming, I would like to be more civically involved in my community and state. Have you done that? I would say <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I laugh and you laugh because you know that, that um, being a politician or running for elected office was not in, was not in my um, five-year plan necessarily when I started Leadership Wyoming. Yeah. And I think when I wrote that quote, I was thinking, gosh, I'm going to reach out and find a few more organizations where I can be impactful and, yeah. and feel, feel like I'm doing some good either for my family or my children, my community, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, um, obviously I did that in maybe a bigger way than I anticipated. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that was a surprise to, to me most of, you know, more than anybody, I suppose. Yeah. What were some of the pieces throughout that year that sort of led you to think about it? And then maybe some of the factors that pushed you over the edge of like, I'm going to go bullying, bullying, bullying <laughs> pushed me over the edge. <laughs> okay. When in doubt, bully somebody yeah. and do what you want. Um, I think it, I, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to talk about your experience at Leadership Wyoming in a sentence or two, um, but it really, the, the self-reflection is really good and, and really some self-identification of your strengths and your weaknesses and how to work through those and how to um, work through everybody else's too. Hmm. What, did, what did you learn about that or what did that look like for you? <sighs> um, you know, I think you know I'm a, and and most people don't believe this, but I am so painfully introverted. So you actually mentioned that in your application several times. I mean, <laughs> if there is an option to go towards people and and proactively interact with a human, or go, you know, or not, yeah, I'm always going to lean towards not. Not because yeah. I, I mean, I love people. I love my friends. I love my family. I love relationships. But that is hard for me. It always yeah. has been, and it still is. Yeah. And so I think learning to thrive and be effective with my classmates um, was so. I I think I got more out of it as an introvert than maybe some huh. folks that yeah. are extroverted or really good networkers. Um, it was so helpful for me, and it also helped me know. And you know, we've joked about this before. Um, it it helped me know how to recharge and to set my yeah. limits. Like yeah. I refused to carpool with anyone yeah. because it was so much it was such an effort for me and I loved it don't get me wrong it was yeah. so much effort for me to be present and be engaged for the session I could not add another six hours yeah. of on of being of on yeah for other people yeah um on either end of that so yeah. so I I think I've really transferred that you know how do I be sure. effective and do a good job and know when to step away so I can be effective yeah in those sure. moments when I need to be that makes sense. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Uh, your husband, Tori, is in the current Leadership Roaming class. What's it like watching him go through the experience? Are you sort of like holding your tongue of like what's coming or, you know, is it his experience and you're just seeing it through his eyes? Um, it's been really, really fun. It took me a little bit to get him to kind of drink the Kool-Aid. And I think that um, he is very much having a similar transition that I did. He's also very introverted. Um, and... and you know, he's, I think, five sessions in, and the the layers of all the, you're not able to fake it anymore at that point. All yeah. the layers are coming off. Yeah. You know people's real <laughs> selves, yeah. the the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Um, it is really, it's really, really good, and I'm I'm just so happy for him to be having the same experience. And I, I try to mostly keep my mouth shut because yeah. each experience is different. Um, I also think it, it gives me a hand up having gone through it because I know I know how involved it is and how much commitment it takes and sure. you know so I don't you know when he just doesn't call for three days I'm like I get it yeah like, I know I you're exhausted yeah, yeah yeah by all means yeah. I've got this yes yes <laughs> yeah that's cool that's awesome but is he gonna get to go in the cave that's my I really want him to get to go in the cave oh in Lander yeah we're we're gonna do it again okay so okay. as long as he's up for it yeah was that one of your highlights. Absolutely. Really? Trona, the cave and the Tronomine. Yeah. That may be cool. more so the cave. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think I knew that. Um, okay. Yellow. My favorite color is yeah. yellow. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Good to know. Um, we also had you speak to the, to the class of 2020 at their orientation, and you sort of gave them some tips and ideas for the year ahead. And... First of all, you set a very high bar, and many people have compared other speakers of like, we just really liked Christy's style. <laughs> like, if you could get more people like her, like, well. Sarcastic and self deprecating? <laughs> I mean, there's a bit of that. <laughs> um, but one of the phrases that you told them that they've continued to talk about or bring up throughout the year is check your bias at the door. Um, and, and maybe share with me either what that meant for you in your leadership army experience or what it means for you in your job today or both, whichever feels kind of more relevant. Um, gosh, I mean, I hate to talk about this because it's admitting, you know, biases I might have had, but, but, uh, I mean, one of the, one of the things I mentioned, um, in, in that speech was, um, you know, one of my classmates was the, the mayor of one of our communities and he ended up being an absolute blood brother, you know, and yeah. we're very close. At the time when I met him, I was like, oh, politician? Yeah. <laughs> like, gross. Yeah. It's like having cooties. Now, I fully, like, that's ridiculously ironic <laughs> sure. now that I have gone down that same path. Yeah. But, but that's one that I had is that I kind of didn't think I, I, I clearly didn't understand what it meant to be a politician, mm -hmm. and I really had some... Um, preconceived notions about that and yeah. and that's just one example but there there are plenty yeah. and they they happen all the time mm -hmm. and you get surprised when they're wrong and so you have yeah. to continually remind yourself and you get better about it yeah have you found yourself doing that in your auditor role um I think I I not terribly but I think that's part of the problem with biases is you don't <laughs> you don't you know, you're, you're not always saying, gosh, I'm having this bias right now. Yeah. Um, but it, I think that's something that in life that we all continue working on. Working on. Yeah. yeah. Being open to. Um, speaking of your class, if you had the chance to sort of, if you knew you were going to have a session next week or next month or sort of thinking about reconnecting with your classmates, 
what do you think would be your sort of story either that you would share you know over drinks the first night or a question that you would ask of your whole class of like I just wish I could hear from these people on this thing so either an update or kind of a question you would love to take to your class you know I guess I would just want to know how they're doing mm-hmm. you know it's you know as well as I do that you come out really loving everyone and some people get closer than others but you end up caring about them and mm-hmm. and I think each person I you, that you get to connect with I'd have different questions you know how is that one thing going or yeah or I think um specific people I would really want to thank mm-hmm. you know thank you for that one random thing you said on a random Thursday because I've carried that with me and you had no idea it was going to be that impactful yeah. And I probably have half a dozen things like that that are very personal and wouldn't have meant anything even to the person that said it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but that that have stuck with me. Um, yeah. You know, thank you for that one time. Yeah. Yeah. You also have two young kiddos who you've mentioned. So you wear a lot of hats of mm-hmm. mom and wife and auditor and community member and statewide member. How do you sort of balance all those things or what are the things you're constantly thinking about and switching hats? Oh, geez. I mean, if I have the magic bullet for that, I, I mean, balance is the goal. You never get there. Um, I think we all, you know, sometimes I suck at it. Sometimes I do better <laughs> than others. Um, I really struggle, I think, as most of us do, with, with being present, not thinking about my kids when I'm at work and not mm-hmm. thinking about work when I'm with my kids. And mm-hmm. and and living in the moment is, is hard. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, I feel like I feel like I I'm either blessed or lucky to just be pretty good at um, knowing when to draw lines. Mm-hmm. I mean, my work constantly infringes on my personal life, mm-hmm. but my personal life constantly infringes on my work life. Sure. Um, you know, we're at my home today because I have a sick kiddo, so yeah. you came here. Yeah. Um, and I was supposed to be at work today, and I'm still, uh, you know, mm-hmm. some days the mom, the momming comes first, and some yeah. days work comes first, so. Yeah. And Tori also has a, a job that requires mm-hmm. a lot of him, and it seems like you guys have found a way to sort of make all of that work together somehow. Yeah, we, I mean, we're, we're both lucky to have kind of, uh, positions where we can have a little bit of flexibility and make it work but I think that flexibility is a privilege uh of of working hard Mm -hmm. you know of working hard and having folks at the office that will put up with you being gone when you need to be because you're you do a good job when you're there yeah as you think about raising your two kiddos what are either skills or values that you find yourself just sort of hoping that they will have to be successful in this world. I think one of the hardest things for humans to learn um, and something that we stink at teaching is how to be happy for other people's successes. Mm-hmm. It is not the natural thing we jump to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for, for all of us, but I think particularly as females, we're sort of, you know, the natural reaction is jealousy or yeah. not being happy for somebody else, but being able to celebrate somebody else's successes is something I really, really hope my kids get a handle on. Yeah. That means that I have to demonstrate that all the time. And it's not, it, it's, it's, it's easy most of the time. It's not always easy. Yeah. 
you know, um, yeah. but demonstrating that and passing that on is something I would really, really like to do. Yeah. I'm also really terrified. This isn't what you asked, but I'm really terrified to raise children and like with cell phones. Yeah. I don't know what to do about that. Yeah. I think most people are. Uh, and, and I think we're the last generation that grew up without cell phones. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't managing that and doing an effective job at, at that. Yeah. Another thing you talked about in your uh, talk to the current class was being the first millennial elected official. Is that something you're aware of, or you just kind of did the math and you're like, oh, I think I might be the only one? I, um, you know, I think when it, it uh, struck me is when I was campaigning, you do a lot of forums in communities. I mean, you end up doing dozens where they basically bring all the candidates together and ask you questions. Well, I did this one over the, at the university that um, was a kind of a rapid fire little video thing that they later later posted online. And the question was, so, you know, if you get elected, how are you gonna relate to millennials? Yeah. And I was like, huh. So that kind of, that kind of um, yeah. got me thinking, wow, um, I am a millennial. Yeah. And that was my answer <laughs> to the question. It's like, well, I think I'll do okay yeah. <laughs> with that. Glad. Yeah. Um, it, it's something I'm, I'm, it's something I don't think about on a daily basis, but it, it, I do think about this transition in leadership that isn't happening. It's not a cliff necessarily, but will be happening over the next, um, 10 to 20 years and are different, uh, and I mean, I don't mean to stereotype, but just whenever you have multiple generations in a workforce, um, you know, they in general sometimes have different characteristics and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and I know I joked about flexible hours and, and, and whatnot, but that is something I actually, yeah. you know, I it relate, I relate to that. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, it's something to be aware of in, in any time where you have a workplace or an environment with multiple generations. So it's January and you are preparing for your second legislative session in this role. Mm -hmm. How does it feel different than a year ago when you were a couple weeks old in the job? Oh, geez. I have had a lot more sleep. Yeah. Um, I know what's coming. And now I've been working kind of in and out of the legislature for about a decade, which I think mm -hmm. really, really helped sure. in not being so intimidated. Yeah. Um, but the, the role is different. I feel comfortable um, I know how to track a bill. I know how to testify, that sort of thing. Um, but it's always, you know, you ne you never know. You always have some curveballs thrown at you. But yeah. definitely have a lot more sleep. Yeah. Ready. Ready. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Is there anything you're really looking forward to with the legislature kicking off or something you're looking to be part of? I think me and everyone else is really excited to have the legislature back in the Capitol. The, the restoration is just beyond words. Yeah. Um, and I think that everyone is very, and many of our legislators have never served in the Capitol. Sure. Um, and so I think I'm very, very much looking forward to being part of that atmosphere in that amazing environment. Yeah. We're, we're looking forward to touring it as a class as well. Oh, it's, being there. have you been yeah. there? I have. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. pretty cool. It yes. feels, it just feels very special. Mm -hmm. It has a, it has the weight of history to mm -hmm. it. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Thank you, Christy, for being with us and sharing so much of your experiences today. Thank you so much for having me. It feels really honored to have been selected for this. Awesome. And we'll be sharing other stories of alumni from across the state as we go throughout the year. So stay tuned in. The Leading Wyoming podcast is possible thanks to the generous support of the Wyoming Dragicevich Foundation and the Wyoming Community Foundation. 